you know, um, easy, easy like Saturday morning. Ah, there we go. Which when we're recording this. So right out of the gate, let's just say if you watched Rush in preparation for this week, <laughs> sorry about that. We were in talks about maybe having a guest on. We could not get them on. So we decided to pivot to Baby Driver, Baby Driver, not Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. I think I might have just said. And <laughs> I'm glad we did because I yes. loved I loved this movie so much more than I thought. Same. I have only watched it once before and I remember how much I loved it the first time. But like any Edgar Wright film, the second watch you pick up so much more. I don't remember it. I watched it in theaters and I'll be 100% honest. I did not care for it when I saw this. I I don't know what it was. I don't know if it honestly was probably because it wasn't Cornetto trilogy. Exactly. There's no Simon Pegg. There's no No. Nick Frost. It's very different. It's very different. It's not nearly as lighthearted. But uh, before we get into yeah. it, we are doing this uh, for the release of Gran Turismo, the mm-hmm. video game turned movie. Have you ever played any of those games? Oh, um, not that I remember. I probably played it on like PlayStation 1 or 2 or something, but I don't recall ever buying it or being super into it. Yeah, it was the biggest game I can remember of wanting to play outside of like a Metal Gear or GTA from PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2, mainly because that's when I was driving or starting to drive. And so I was obsessed okay. with cars. So this would have been the late 90s, around 2000. And I absolutely love them. Big time customization. Apparently that movie's about a contest they had where somebody yes. won a Gran Turismo contest and is now in actual, it's not, is it F1? I don't think it's F1. Okay, no, it's, not a, it's, it's some of kind them. of racing. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the whole plot of the movie, I think, is this kid that is the best at the game. And then some of the real life professionals are like, oh, gamers can't do the real life thing, you know, man. If you die in the game, you get to hit reset. There's no reset button in real life, man. It's like all that kind of shit. But I think I think it looks good. And it's got a lot of good actors in there. All right. So now I want to see the Call of Duty winners. Let's send. Well, I can't say send you to Afghanistan or Iraq anymore because I think we're out of there. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'd like to see that. All those gamers that are just like, yeah, when the zombie apocalypse hit, I played all Call of Duty. I've done that. And it's like, yeah, go shoot a gun and watch it flail out of your, just fly out Out of your hand completely. There's another one, uh, you know, the the Microsoft Flight Simulator game? Yes. They use that in real life. They fully do use that. No, they're, man, it's so wild. So I went down a rabbit hole, as I tend to do at times, on plane crashes. I typically do that before no. I ride in a plane or take a air like a flight, which is <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's a catharsis for me. And there was one about this guy up in Seattle or Pacific Northwest, and he basically he worked there as like a baggage person or something. He got in the plane, got clearance to leave, and then took off and was flying this. And he ended up just crashing it like it was a suicide thing. Like he talked okay. about, they were like, "Hey, all right, everything's good, whatever you know." Landed over here. He's like. Yeah, I didn't really come up to do that. And then he crashed wow. it on this island. And then the thing came out was, well, how did he learn to do this, to take off, to do all that? And I think they might have found that Microsoft Flight Simulator. And you can look at some of the get-ups that you can get for like a few thousand dollars. I know a lot of racing games have that also. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that Flight Simulator is exactly the cockpit. It is everything mm-hmm. that you would do. And yep. so now you can almost self-train yourself to fly a damn plane. You can do it in real time as well. Like I know a couple of my friends from work have it and they'll be like, oh yeah, I just did a, a trip to Amsterdam. 
and I did the real life Newcastle to Amsterdam flight. And those bits that you can, where the pilot wouldn't necessarily have to do much. So you can fast forward those bits and then just do the flight, the takeoff, the checks and the landing. But sometimes people will do the full, you know, hour, I know it's only an hour flight, yeah. but they'll just chill. Yeah. Have a, have a coffee, just do the flight. And it's so, yeah, it's, it's so accurate. They can actually use it for training. It's crazy. There's some really, again, it it's dark, but I've seen people, they reenact like the plane crashes in flight simulator. And no. so from the takeoff in real time, they did it with a 9-11 attacks too. Mm -hmm. And they take off and they show the takeoff and they do everything in that sense. And they'll overlay it with the actual cockpit audio. Ugh. I know. For what reason? Are they just sick? Yeah. Well, well what reason is like true crime the most popular well, yeah. form of entertainment now? People are very curious, I guess. Yes. In my psychology classes, every time I'm like, hey, who likes true crime? Over half the hands just fly up. I used to not mind watching stuff like that. And now I'm like, I've seen enough. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Unless it's a study, again, to me, of the investigation. That I like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. but not the actual, like, murders and them. I don't want to hear what was ha what did to the person. No. Like, what? Well, yeah, I don't want to hear that. I've no. seen enough. Watch the fun-loving serial killer documentaries like Friday the 13th. Yeah, lighthearted That's more fun. slasher. That's not a serial killer, I guess. It's more of just like a spree killer. Yeah, I guess it's more like a spree spree killer there. Know. But all right, that's it. We are here for 2017's Baby Driver. And let's start off, as we always do, with the director, Edgar fucking Wright. Yes, I always forget that this is his film, but then Do as you soon really? as you start watching, yeah, and then it comes up at the start, Edgar Wright, and I'm like, oh, fuck, yes, that's right. And then it's so, you know, there's a lot of stuff that he used um, throughout the Cornetto trilogy, which was the same shots, the same jokes, and, you know, it was kind of regurgitated because it was the same cast as well, and it was like just their little genre. But there's some things that he uses through this film as well, which are so similar and using the music a lot. Um, I find that really interesting, especially in the very first scene where Baby's going to get his cup of coffee and he takes his music out and he goes, yeah, 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 like along with the music. I was like, that's so clever. And I wonder how difficult it was to get every shot exactly timed right. And he does it with the the mural on the wall has the trumpet, I think, or what it yeah, was. And yeah. then he kind of does it with there. And also so much. Yeah. And it's in the trivia, but you can also just tell the explosions and the gunshots will be timed with yeah. the music beats as well. And mm -hmm. it's music just throughout because we're, you know, following his point of view. He has the tinnitus or tinnitus. Yeah. I don't know. Is it tinnitus, tinnitus? I thought that maybe Americans said it differently. Okay. How do you say it? I don't know. Okay. I always said it like tinnitus, but Probably that just, is that that. just sounds kind of weird. I think that's how they've said it in the film. Okay. And again, it's like American here. It's filmed in Atlanta or Hotlanta, as people from Atlanta like it to be called. Oh. They don't. They don't at all. They don't? In, oh. No. Anybody from there, just say Hotlanta and they're like, stop, stop. I've never met anybody from there that liked Hotlanta. Hotlanta. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's why I like saying it. It's like people from San Francisco, if you call it Frisco. They're like, don't no. Like that. <laughs> that means you're not from San Francisco if you call oh, it like okay. going out to Frisco. That's what they told me when I was in Toronto. They were like, we know that you're a tourist because you say Toronto. You don't say Toronto. It's Toronto? Yeah, the, well, the, locals the local say Toronto. Yeah. Toronto, okay. And I was like, I was very, they always, they said something to me like, the second T in Toronto stands for tourist. 
Toronto. <laughs> Toronto. Toronto. Okay. I've, yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah. Uh, another one is Louisville, which would oh. be Louisville, like in Kentucky. My yeah. parents lived up in Owensboro and they went up there and like it was locals. They're like, it's like Louisville. Oh, like a little Louisville because it's like Louisville. No, definitely not Louisville. They've just totally given up. On it's just like Louisville. Anything. Yeah, they're Lil. just like, look, we're, we live <laughs> in a three syllable city. It's just Louisville. <laughs> we're going to make it two syllables. God damn it. But with the uh, tinnitus, I don't have it full on. But every few weeks, it can be a few weeks, it can be a few months, my right ear goes deaf and my left ear just just has like a oh. ring and it sounds like I'm in a well. And it does it for maybe five seconds to 10 seconds tops. And then it goes away. But every time it happens, I'm like, is this it? Is I'm baby it just driver go? now. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is when I was in high school out driving around, you know, we drive on the left side of the road here. We mm -hmm. were stupid. We were really, really fucking stupid. And a guy while I'm driving puts an air horn right next to my head oh my and God. blasts it. So yeah. I, you know, swerve off the road, do all that. And then I'm like reaching back to hit him like a parent with a kid. <laughs> so, you know, it's a wonder we didn't crash the car. But that's the only thing I could think of because it's yeah. been going on for about that long. Probably is that. That's really stupid. Yeah. And, and it wasn't him that did it, I don't think. But I remember one time I was lighting a smoke bomb to throw out the window. And I light it and I go to throw it out the window. Did you put the window up? The window was up. Oh. It, it had been up. And so I slam. I mean, think about it, as hard as you can, like backhanding yeah. right into the window. So the shock hits me and the smoke bomb goes between my legs and just burns a hole in his car and just smokes <laughs> out while I'm just dying laughing, thinking I might have <laughs> broke my hand. Kids. Kids are dumb, especially when Jackass comes out in like 2001 or 2002, <laughs> whenever that was. All right. So, yeah, we talked about Edgar Wright, the Cornetto trilogy. Have you seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world? No, no. But I saw it in his, dis uh, I was going to say discography, the same thing, but four directors, filmography. There we go. Yeah. And so this would be the one thing where people are like, I want to watch a video game as a movie or like a video game on screen. That's it's going to be that movie, like the way that oh, shot, yeah. how it's done. Oh, it's awesome. It's Edgar oh. Wright at his Edgar Wrightiest. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking that because I've I've only seen the Cornetto trilogy and Baby Driver. And I was looking at his filmography and I was like, I need to put more time into this because I love every one of his films. I think he's so clever. I love that on your second watch through, you'll be like, oh, see what you're doing there. And it's not obvious in the first one. So I need to put more time into that. That's interesting that it's about video games. So I'll have to. Well, it's not a, it's not about video games. Oh, it's, it's based like on like a comic like book, but it's shot like one where at times it goes to like a platformer. And I remember oh, something cool. so he gets knocked out or gets hit and like coins fall out. So, <laughs> yeah, it's very much there was just like if you wanted to see a video game on screen, that would be it. But I will always think of Edgar Wright for the movie that he did not direct that he was supposed to. And that was Ant-Man. Oh, no way. He was supposed to get that? He was the initial one. He wrote the script. He still has a screenplay credit for it, as well as like mm -hmm. the story. So they used, you know, most of it at least. But he had a falling out with Marvel and creative differences, whatever you want to call it. He left. Good for him. Very good for him. And I just actually looked up. I Googled it. And a bunch of these stories that come out in the last two days about it that I guess he didn't want anybody else from the MCU involved in it. And I don't remember that movie because it came out, coincidentally enough, I think the same year. Was it like 2016 maybe or 15? I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't remember. But when that came out, I guess there's a scene in there where Ant-Man interacts with Falcon. Right. 
So, and I guess Edgar Wright was just opposed to be like, no, this is a standalone. This is what I'm doing. Yeah, he doesn't want and, the MCU-ness of it all. Yeah, and it was going to be a heist movie, which is weird that it's just like, he's like, man, I just want to do a heist movie. I'll do Baby Driver now. Good choice, I that think. That was a good decision. Yeah, that was I a good I haven't decision. watched, I'm, you know, I'm bad. I haven't really watched any Marvel films, but Ant-Man, you know, I don't know anything about it, so I can't really say that, but Baby Driver to me is a better option. Yeah, I did enjoy Ant-Man, though, because it was pretty much all by itself. Just that first one, you know, after okay. that is when it started to build up into everything. But it's a heist movie. It's Paul Rudd. It, I mean, it's I do very, like Paul Rudd. Yeah, and it's very Marvel. It's very quippy, but mm. you can see a little bit of him still in that movie, especially in the scripts. Interesting. Yeah, but I do think we were denied something very, very good there. And I haven't seen Last Night in Soho, his latest movie. Which seems yes, like kind I of a, either. like a, it seems like a scary kind of like a time travely almost thriller kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know anything about it apart from the girl that's in it. I think her name's Anna Taylor Joy. Yeah, um, I really like her, so I would like to watch that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Anya Taylor Joy is in has been in every single movie the past six years. Yeah, she's, she's killing it. All right, you know who else is in Last Night in Soho? Who? Matt Smith. And Sam Claflin. And Sam Claflin. And Diana Rigg. Oh, my God. I need to watch this. There you go. That just gone right. Oh, Terrence Stamp is in there, too. Okay. Yeah, that might go to the top of this. I do love Edgar Wright mainly also. Look, it's under two hours, too. It's an hour and 56 minutes. Oh, because King. he, yes, because everything he does, while the Cornetto trilogy all had the same people, those are three completely different genres of movies. Yes. Yeah. And, and this as well, you kind of get that. And so... It's the highest compliment I can almost give is it's almost Kubrickian, like Stanley Kubrick, in the fact that you do a different genre and you do them excellently for each one. Mm. But you put your own stamp on every single one so it's recognizable. Yeah. And like something like Martin Scorsese, yes, he's a great director, but it's crime. Yeah. His main thing is crime. Yeah, he's done some other things. He's like Last, Tem Last Temptation of Christ or something like that. But it's crime. That's what he's known for. And so that's kind of where if we're like ever ranking the directors and the most nerdy <laughs> thing that would harm him where something like Kubrick or Edgar Wright to me would go up. So, yes, Edgar Wright's um, we will definitely come back. We'll do Scott Pilgrim sometime. Maybe when Alan himself, Michael Sarah, is in another <laughs> is, in a, is in a movie coming up. All right. So with that, let's go with the cast. And the first one is the worst name I've ever heard. A Ansel El. Elk, Elk, Elgort, Elg. I want to say Elk Elgort. Elgort. I was going to say Elgort, but it's Ansel Elgort. Yes, I thought he's great in this. I don't really know him though. I don't know him from anything else. The Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, I never saw that. Oh, I think that's one of those like Nicholas Sparks books. Yes, but, it is. Okay. It's like very sad. I think the girl that he falls in love with is very sick or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I think it. It's something along those lines, but he's someone that I'm like, yeah, I know of him. This is the only movie I've ever seen him in. Yeah, he was also in um, like a series of films that were called um, off a series of books called Divergent. Oh, he was in those. OK. Yeah, I don't I haven't seen them. Um, I just remember when I was at uni, my friend Sophia loved the books and she had this trend where every series of books that she loved was getting changed into a film. So like the Hunger Games was coming it was out, the Twilight teen was dystopia, coming out, yeah, yeah, Divergent was coming out, and I don't remember her being overly impressed with them as adaptations. It seemed like Hunger Games was the only one that seemed to be a positive because there was also Maze Runner. 
Yeah, there was. Yeah, I think Hunger Games did pretty well. Yeah, no, that one is. And I remember that yeah, Divergent Maze Runner, which I confused the other day as the same thing. Yeah, but I remember their their posters looking really similar. Also, I throw Twilight in there as dystopian because that might be the most dystopian. Twilight is such uh, like I if it was on the TV, I would I would cancel my plans for the next two hours and watch it. It's so even the recording. No, I, I can't I record things on my TV. I don't have that. No, I mean but, this recording right now. Like, oh, this recording. I'd be like, sorry, Brett. <laughs> we've got some Wait, which other one? things have come up. Just the first Twilight or the other ones? No, I like all of them. They're so bad, they're good. And my favorite thing is also, I'm pretty certain, I don't know if it was a director's, or sorry, like a cast commentary, or if it was just people were splicing interviews over the the film, but Robert Pattinson hates it and thinks it's the dumbest thing ever and i just could sit and listen to him say how stupid it is for hours like all of twilight in general or he just thinks it's so dumb i mean it is (laughs) but i do hope that he appreciates oh yeah he does okay he does i think that's what they always say they're like obviously we it, it launched our careers and we're so grateful we all got to meet each other but the actual the character's decisions is more what they make fun of okay like bella is so dumb like i mean she (laughs) again it she's a teenager not necessarily just a teenage girl she's a teenager and someone who's around not in a professional capacity i don't hang around teenagers on my own someone who hangs around teenagers all the time i was literally about to say someone who hangs around teenagers all day whoa i have to say as a teacher again yeah preface that i can promise you kids even smart well put together ones make dumb decisions almost yes. every day yep yep so bella i understand two hot guys want to go out with you i get it i get it maybe a little tease but maybe spooky season october maybe twilight I haven't Please. seen any of them, so maybe... You have to uh... watch all five. No, I don't. Wait, there's five? Yeah. There's Twilight. New Moon. New Moon. Eclipse. Eclipse, and, and then Breaking, Breaking Dawn. Dawn Part 1 oh, and Part 2. two. Oh, that's, they that's did the right. Harry Potter thing. Was Harry Potter the first one to do that, or was it them? Did those I... come out before Harry Potter? Or before Deathly Hallows? I don't Hallows? know. I think Deathly Hallows might have been before the last okay. Twilight film, but I'll check. Okay. And all right, so yeah, that's all we really have on old Ansel there. Oh, I should say, dude is six four. No way. I didn't notice that. It's weird because you would think you would notice somebody tall, like usually people that are six foot. I'm like, oh my god, that's a giant. Oh, they're only six foot. But it wasn't until they showed his mugshot and being taken for pictures that he was yeah. up there around six five. I'm like, whoa! And I googled it and looked it up. He's six four. Oh wow, good for him. <laughs> He's also a nepo baby. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's a Nepo baby. So Who's his mom and dad? As a lot of people are. Oh, I don't have that up. Arthur Elgort. Yeah, they were someone. One was an actor. I think one was something in design or theater. I think the mom was involved in theater or something like that. Okay. He had some accusations thrown at him, but I don't know if it's. Yeah, I don't know. Like who among us, you know, (laughs) Uh, maybe not Uh, cut that. No, but yeah, that's uh, about what we have on him. Next up, though, is, hey, another Nepo baby. How about Lily James? You familiar with her? I am familiar with Lily James. I know her as Cinderella from the live action film with uh, Richard Madden. I know her as young Donna in Mamma Mia. Here we go again. You've seen you've seen that one? I haven't seen the second one. No. Oh, OK. Um, And she's also in Pam and Tommy, which I never watched, but she looked 
weirdly like Pamela Anderson in that. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies too. Yeah, I saw that. Have you have you watched it? The only movie I've seen her in is Cinderella. Oh. Yeah. And she's someone that I also would have been like, oh, yeah, she's a pretty big name. I guess she was in Downton Abbey, too, for 21 episodes. Was she? Yeah. Wrath of the Titans, Secret Diary of a Car. All these things in here, I'm just like, yeah, I would have been like, yeah, she's pretty big. And then I've only seen her in one thing. and It was eight years ago. I don't know why I have this weird thing with the Lily James. I just I've seen so many interviews with people saying she's not very nice. So really? now when I see her, I'm like, oh, really? Like on set? So or... not, yeah, yeah. Like a bit of a not very nice like casting crew. I mean, that's me reading, you know, online yeah. articles and stuff. So who knows if it's right or not? She seems really lovely to me, but I don't know her. So. As an actor. Yeah. Her character is really nice in this movie. Yeah. I bet she's the same. <laughs> Do you think of that when you watch somebody playing like a serial killer? You're like, oh, they're just mean. I hate them. you're the reason why. <laughs> The guy who played Joffrey, Jack Gleason, quit no! because you couldn't separate. You can't separate the art. People <laughs> would see him in public and be like, I fucking hate you. No, no, no. Why'd you do that? How bad is that? How bad is that? Not only is it a character, it's a fictional character in a fictional universe. He's not even playing yeah. like a historically accurate character. Mm -hmm. It's it's wild to me. I feel awful <laughs> for Jack Gleason. Who got it the worst? I do, but I do think from what I've heard of it, unless it's a cognitive dissonance on his end, he's doing theater or he was doing theater yes, at the time and right. loved it. Yeah. And so I'm sure want to stick with that. Yeah, I'm sure he's getting good residuals. Hopefully he had a good, you know, uh, good oh, manager yeah. or agent. Get those residuals. First four seasons. He better be. I just clicked on a picture of Lily James as Pamela Anderson. And wow, that is unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah. She had lots of... um. Well, it's like prosthetics. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. So she had like God. fake nose. Um, she even had like a fake chest put on. So yeah, it would all look that. exactly <laughs> like Pamela. Yeah. But she looks so like her. Yeah. That's well, that, that's really kind of almost creepy. Like it's yeah. an uncanny valley of like an actual person. Yeah. <laughs> doing it. Okay. So we talked about, okay, Lily James might be, you know, a little rough around the edges. She might be a jerk. Let's go to a wholesome person that has had no issues. Kevin Spacey. All around good guy, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, he's found not guilty, y'all. Can't we just? No, of course not. Uh, oh. This one hurts because I have, from a professional aspect, yes, he appears to be a monster. Even if what he did wasn't illegal, I think it's very clear what he did was wholly immoral, abusive power and all that. So let's just get that out of the, let's get that out of the way. Kevin Spacey as a person sucks. He is someone who. Almost legit if you want to be like, cancel culture. He's someone who almost did get canceled, if you will. But what he did was deserve it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah. you fully deserve to lose your role in the biggest Netflix show, everything like that. Essentially, career, yeah, his career is pretty much done, although who the hell knows? Who well, knows? Yeah. Ho Hollywood loves a redemption. Yeah, stranger things say? have happened. Yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah, Mel Gibson is like, I know Mel Gibson, what he did was before the social media age. But the fact that oh, right. Mel Gibson is still around after what he said that you can go listen to still on tape on tape. How old am I when I say something's on tape? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Spacey sucks personal. But from a professional level, he was always my favorite actor. Yeah, I never watched House of Cards or anything, but I know a lot of people were like gutted that he wasn't going to be in it anymore. Obviously, everybody agrees that he's a shithead, but his character and everything in the show was great. Uh, but Usual Suspects, have you seen that? No. Problem with the usual suspects is oh, it's old. Yeah, but it was also directed by Brian Singer. Who's that? He got into a lot of trouble also for oh, God. underage 
Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Him and Kevin Spacey like two peas in a pod. But no, uh, Usual Suspects was written by Christopher McQuarrie. He's the guy doing all the Mission Impossible movies now. Oh, right. That was like his big go. It's a crime. It's told out of, out of sequence. I cannot recommend Usual Suspects enough. It and from the It's one of those movies. It does not beat around the bush. As mm-hmm. soon as that movie starts, you better be paying attention. And mm-hmm. what happens in the beginning is good throughout. There's no downtime. Everything's in there. It's Stephen Baldwin before he went born again Christian when he was like, holy shit, Stephen Baldwin's good. Now he's just mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Like a, a different kind of crazy. But American yeah. Beauty. So Kevin Spacey is a, I think he's a two-time Oscar winner. I know he won for American Beauty. And right. I, yeah. And I think he also won for uh, Usual Suspects in the supporting role. Okay. So he wasn't like the main, the main guy in that one. Yeah, but as I'm looking now, oh no, this is just Usual Suspects. Yeah, American Beauty won everything. That's a movie I do not want to revisit, although I probably should because it came out in 99 when I was 15 and getting into film. And it's just like, oh my God, this movie's about teenage angst. It's speaking, okay. it's speaking to me so much. Oh, the most beautiful <laughs> thing is this bag. And now I want to watch it and be like, oh my God, how insufferable is this movie? I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, one best picture, one everything, but if for good wow. reason it is not for good reason it is not remembered very fondly nor talked about too much. I think okay. we can we can kind Maybe of I'll let that one pass me. Yeah, yeah, you probably don't need to unless something unless Kevin Spacey comes out in another movie. <laughs> but no, even I'd forgotten he was in this. So when he showed up on screen, I was like, oh, oh, that was him in, in this. Okay, next up though is someone who I'm not going to lead into a joke. Everybody loves this dude. How can you not love him? John Hamm. John Hamm. He's so funny. And to me, he will always be the arsehole, horrible guy in Bridesmaids. Oh, was he? Yeah. He was the... Oh, huh. my God. I forgot about that. So I'll just get this out of the way. I hate John Hamm. No, you don't. I hate him. You know why? Why? One, because nobody should be that handsome that funny, <laughs> funny with that good a hair just no it's not fair because he's like the quintessential madman was this thing quintessential just handsome dark-haired guy mm-hmm. and then he starts doing comedy and it's like no 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 you're not allowed to you, be funny as well you can't sir. do everything at least start losing your hair or, i don't know <laughs> at least have it recede well he's only six foot one Oh, bum. So, yeah, <laughs> I got there you go. I got an inch taller than him. But then again, if he has hair, though, he'll look taller. That's not fair. Yeah. So I most recently I most recently saw him in the town. A, a very oh. good movie. Very good heist movie. I didn't realize Um, I forgot this. He was in Top Gun Maverick. Was he? Yes. He's Bo Cyclone Simpson. OK, so I finally saw Barbie movie. Oh, yes. Shit. I've got to ask you about that. I finally saw that. Loved it. Excellent satire. Uh, it definitely feels aimed to 20 and 30 year olds. There yes, was so many mature ju- for, audience for sure. Like the the stereotypical douche guy that they're hitting on is like perfectly my age. That would have been that back in the mid 2000s, early 2000s, yes. like all the Matchbox 20 things. So, no, I, I absolutely loved it. It was great. I definitely want to rewatch it, though. I know I missed a yeah. lot. I need a rewatch as well, like because I had a few drinks before I went to see it. So, <laughs> well, that would help. Yeah, I need to do that in the second rewatch. So <laughs> now I feel like I've joined the rest of society in seeing that movie, but I'm still on the outskirts because I still have not seen Top Gun Maverick. Oh, that was a cinema film. I know. There was parts where I felt the whole room shake, and it was just awesome. 
I know. I just didn't. I just didn't want to see it. To be fair, I wouldn't have thought to even go and see it. But then I was visiting my dad at the time and he was like, for some reason, every time I visit my dad, he just books us cinema tickets and doesn't tell me when or where or what we're going to see. And he's like, I've got us tickets to see Top Gun Maverick. And I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, whatever. And then I came out like, I want to be a pilot. That's usually the best way to see a movie. Is it when you just yeah, go no in? Expectations. You just go in with no expectations. You're like, eh, whatever. I think that's what happened with Baby Driver here. Is mm. I went in thinking, if you know, when I suggested, hey, how about we do Baby Driver instead of Rush? If you'd have been like, nah, let's do this, I'd have been like, okay. Like I wasn't dying to rewatch yeah. the movie, and I actually planned last night on watching about an hour of it or so. You know, taking notes, blah blah blah, and then doing the rest this morning. And I just watched it straight through. And I meant to say this at the top. You're going to have to carry this episode when we start talking oh. about scenes because I have almost no notes because I was locked into yeah. watching the movie. And I felt like not only do I not want to turn my eyes away because if I can edit Rice direction and all that, I couldn't. Yeah. And I'd watch a 15, 20 minute, you know, sequence scene and I'd have like nothing written down. Like, yeah, oh, I was the man, same. This is going to be trouble. Same. Yeah, it was one of those where it wasn't something I wanted to put to one side and then you know make my dinner and write notes at the same time which I sometimes do but I thought the exact same thing I was like I need to be watching this because I know Edgar Wright is so clever with you know something will happen in the music that will relate to something that's happening on screen and I don't want to miss any of it so yeah we'll see what happens when it comes to yeah. notes all right, so I got a little side quest here. I need to start, I need to get a little sound for when I go off on this random tangent of like a side okay. quest. Yeah, do do on IMDb right here. They have these user lists, and it has like Jessica Alba, and next to it says favorite stars, and it has Kevin Klein, and it says favorite actors, or a picture of Brian Cranston that says favorite TV actors. There's a picture of Henry Cavill. No. And the thing is, uh like <laughs> arg. What is this? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm about to click on it uh, and see. This is just, okay, it's like A-A-A-A-G-G-G-G-G-H-H-H-H-H. Like, ah. Okay. Number one is Henry Cavill tied with John Hamm. What? But number three is Tom Hardy. Number four is Tan Dan Tan Daniel Craig. Number five is Charlie Hunnam. So I'm guessing this is just some horny Something person's about, list yes. of handsome men. Yeah. Yeah. I meant to tell you, actually, I got, um. Do, do you see sometimes I write on Twitter like my hinge prompts and what people respond to me? Yeah, I have one up about Witcher, and somebody replied, "Lol, how devastated were you when Henry Cavill announced that he wasn't playing the Ooh. Witcher anymore? Have you recovered?" And I was like, "Block." <laughs> oh, I was about to say, did you, if you respond, you have to match to respond. So. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I was just like, "Yeah, if only you knew." You could just responded, <laughs> "Nope," and then block, nope. and then unmatch. <laughs> that's mean, though. Don't do that. No, that's why I wouldn't do that. God, there was one time I matched with somebody. The initial talks, hey. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? I said what I was looking for. I look up on my phone and there's this diatribe message. I'm like, oh my God. So I go to click on it to pull the app up. They had sent me what I could see for only an instant was this super long message taking up like the whole screen. And then they unmatched. Oh. So I didn't even get to see what they said. Oh, I'm like, did I just get lectured? Did I just get life advice? I really wanted to see what it was. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Do people realize if you unmatch the conversation history, then disappear? I'm like, they just threw out a bunch of stuff, wrote this next great American novel for nothing. Yeah. All oh, right. well. <laughs> All right. Side quest over. 
we won. We got our little golds that we've extracted from the peasants. XP, yeah. And we're back. But yes, John Hamm, he's awesome. Big Cardinals fan. I unironically do hate him for that. I hate the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team. Is that the one that I saw play? Was it the Cardinals? Blue top with the red bird. And I was like, it looks like the CDPR bird. Blue top. Was it the blue? Yes, yes. Were they wearing yeah. a blue top or were the Rangers think- wearing the Rangers um, were probably wearing a blue top. They definitely the had. Set. I think um, I'm. Um, a lot of the fans had blue Cardinals tops on. Did they? Weird. I didn't know I they so. had those. Because I know and the, then, Ra- like, the red bird. Because the Rangers and the Cardinals have the same colors, which is red. Well, uh, the Rangers, the main one is blue. They kind of let go of the red. But yes, yes, it is the Cardinals because it was the CDPR bird. That's who you saw play and beat the Rangers. Yeah, it wasn't great. I wasn't, wasn't welcome a- back. It was not a good game. It was a fast <laughs> game, but that was a really bad game to go to. There's like no hits. And there was a home run that you got to see, though. Yeah, and there were so many. Ah. Anyway, I hate the Cardinals. They're having a bad season. So ha ha ha. Suck it. Uh, <laughs> uh, John Hamm. All right. <laughs> uh, next up on here is someone that I had never heard of and have never seen her in anything again. It is Isa Gonzalez. Oh, yes. Darling. Darling. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know her from anything else either, but I do think she's really good. I thought she was fine. Like she, she, well, she wasn't bad, but there was nothing notable about the performance, you know? Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah they had their little Bonnie and Clyde thing with John Hamm. I thought that was cool, but mm-hmm. she was very much the, well, she's also the only woman they just kind of threw in and yes. it, it was almost like, Libra. it was almost like it was like, oh, that, well, I, I meant like the, the heist yeah, in the gang. Yeah. It was almost like it was a quota thing where it's like, we got to have a woman. I got it. Let's have a 25-year-old hot piece of ass. Yes, yeah. yes. Studios yes. love that. <laughs> yeah, there was not much to her, really. No, there really wasn't. And she goes out in a hail of gunfire. Very uh, Bonnie-esque, not Clyde-esque. Bonnie. Very, very. Yeah, but anything else in here? She's from Dust Held on the series, Bloodshot, Alita Battle Angel. Haven't heard, I've heard decent things about that movie. No, I haven't heard of it. Robert Rodriguez. It was like, I don't know if it's considered, it's not animation. It's just a cyberpunk action film is what it's called. Ooh. Yeah, but it's Robert Rodriguez. Uh, James Cameron like wrote it, which is kind of weird that he just does Avatar and then writes Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's in Fast and Furious. Is she? She's in Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, okay. That doesn't count. <laughs> oh, does it? Oh, okay. I don't know. I haven't oh, seen that one. was in that one. Idris Elba. Oh, that's what he, clicked... he's the black Superman. <laughs> I just clicked on the IMDb for it. And the first thing that came up was like the rock topless flexing his pecs. That, yeah. Isn't that in his contract that's, also? I think with, that's Hobson Shaw. Yeah. With not getting punched more than two and a half times. <laughs> that he doesn't have that in there. Yeah. All right. So next up, a Texan from, Ter- from Terrell, Texas, just east of Dallas, Jamie Foxx. Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. They, got a, they, got a, Texas. they got a billboard up. The home of Jamie. Oh, Fox. cool. Yeah, he's good. As bats. Okay. This character, and I'm not being hyperbolic here. I'm going to look straight into the camera and say it. This <laughs> might be my most hated character of any movie ever. In what way? I hated him. I hate, Like the character, not Jamie Foxx. Yeah, yeah. This dude was an asshole. He's Clearly horrible. A, yeah. Horrible. A psychopath. Not lovable. I know he was supposed to be that. But every bit, if he was on screen, I was like, I want to reach through my computer right now and just like blow his head off. Yeah, he had zero redeeming qualities. No, I've liked concentration camp guards more than him. <laughs> okay, now I'm being hyperbolic. Is that, was that Ray Fiennes in Schindler's List? I think it was Ray Fiennes. Oh, was I don't a, remember. Not Joseph Fiennes. I think it was Ray Fiennes that was in it. 
I'm I'm joking about that, but oh my god, the whole time I almost cheered in my room when he finally oh, I got did. impaled. Like out loud, I was like, "Oh yes," because I'd forgotten that's how it happens. I forgot as well. And then I, you know, the moment where he's sitting, looking at the he's sat in baby sat in the car waiting, and he's looking at the dumpster truck or whatever it is and i was like oh i remember what happens now i see okay see i did not remember that and just oh my god but he he's excellent another oscar winner i did see in the trivia that whenever jamie fox and kevin spacey were in the same shot that edgar Wright would lean over to a colleague or somebody and say double oscar shot oh <laughs> he's so excited about them yeah and they also edgar Wright did not even want to approach Jamie Foxx with really? this role because it was supporting. And he was like, ah. it was such a supporting role. He's like, he doesn't want to do it. Jamie Foxx was interested in, I think it said like the artistic design of it and was, and Edgar Wright was convinced with help of Quentin Tarantino. Oh, I was about to say like Django. Django is so, it's similar, you know, it's very, artistically different than like a western is sometimes they go really over the top with everything saw so much of that in this film as well yeah Django's great that's another one you need to watch I, I know that I absolutely it's, it's, that needs to be top of your list but you need like two days to watch it I honestly think it's one of those I don't want to watch it it's like a subconscious thing because yeah. then I know I'm gonna love it and it's the only like main Tarantino movie I haven't seen. Okay. I've seen all the other main ones. Like I haven't seen gr ro Grindhouse, Roadhouse, Death House, whatever that one is, Death something. I don't know. But like all his main ones I've seen. And I think it's like, I don't want to. I always want to have that one there. That one that I haven't watched yet. That one that I haven't. But no, I've seen. I didn't seen... see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I didn't see that. It's, it's very Tarantino-esque. If that kind of 70s Hollywood kind of the Manson family's thrown in like his alternate history that he's done like he did with Inglorious Bastards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's it's good especially if you like Tarantino. It's if you like uh if you want to if you like Margot Robbie's bare feet. I love Margot Robbie. Well, there's a shot of her feet up in the theater, feet right mm -hmm. there and it's like, yep, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I saw her saying obviously there was a, a lot a bit of her feet in Barbie as well. Yes, and she was like, I don't mind that people like my feet. I think it's nice. And I'm like, Margo, no, you haven't <laughs> been on the nice. Internet. <laughs> I saw that in multiple of the trailers or whatever, like when she takes the heels off uh -huh. and like her feet stay there. I'm like, oh, the feet. And then when she's holding up flat feet, I'm like, oh, my God, do they know what they're doing? <laughs> Bless her. Like they just saved hundreds of people. Their only fans do for the month. <laughs> Because then they have this right now. Her get... woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So Jamie Foxx, he won his Oscar for Ray, playing Ray Charles. Okay. Yeah, he's been in everything. Biggest thing I also know him from is the song Gold Digger with Kanye. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like he's, it's it's his voice doing it from Ray. Because, oh, I see. The song sampled is a Ray Charles song. But it's Jamie Foxx doing it in that in that Kanye song. Oh, right. Okay. I didn't know yeah. that. And he's also had some really bad health issues to where it was reported that he was almost going to die. But I, last last thing I saw on him is that he's recuperating and doing better. Good. Love that for him. Yeah. Great dude. Um, I guess he's an Ali. An unbelievable movie that he was in. And one of the first ones back when we had the Jamie Foxx show is The Great White Hype. Okay. Great White Hype is from, I think, 1995. 
It's about wow. a boxing promoter played by Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson in 95. So he's just all in there playing a Don King-esque boxing promoter. And it's called The Great White Hype because there's this movie called The Great White Hope with like James Earl Jones back in the 70s about like a white boxer and a black boxer. And what this is, is this black boxer is the champion played by Damon Wayans. And he can't get he's beating the hell out of everybody. It's kind of like a Mike Tyson kind of thing where there's no contenders, no contenders. So the guy's like, hey, he's only lost one fight ever in golden gloves. So like youth fighting to a white guy. Mm -hmm. And so and this white guy is played by Peter Berg. Do you know who that is? No. Okay, big time director. Now he's directed a lot of military movies, but he became a big director and he's a white dude. And they call him Irish Terry Conklin. What does that mean? Because they're like, oh, he's white, he's Irish. He's not even Irish. But he comes out oh, right. to comes out to Leprechauns dancing to oh Danny oh, Boy okay. playing <laughs> in like these green shamrock shorts. Because they're playing like, the whole white, you know, black thing. Yes, yes. But I cannot recommend that movie enough. Very good okay. mid-90s, especially like uh sports satire. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, Jamie Foxx hated this fucking bats, dude. But he's just so horrible to baby for no reason. I'm like, just let him sit there and listen to his music. It's just so nasty. He was. And you know who else was nasty to baby for no good reason? The next person on here, your boy, John Bernthal. Oh, no, it made me sad. But when I first started watching this again today, I thought, oh, no, John Bernthal dies. Like, I thought. I mixed up John Berthnell and Jamie Foxx's characters. And I was like, no, I'm going to have to see John Berthnell die. But we don't see him again after the first gig that they do. So he does die, right? Don't know. Doesn't he say when he leaves, if you don't see me again, I'm dead? Well, maybe. Yeah. That's what he said. I think that's what he said. Yeah, yeah I, he did. Yeah. And I think that's the not joke, but references. He doesn't come back because he's he dead. Must be dead. Yeah. So I'd. I didn't know who he was. It's funny. I remember telling you I've never seen him in any movie. Yeah. So this was the only movie I think I've ever seen him in. Yeah. So I know him from The Walking Dead. He's also in The Wolf of Wall Street, but like a minor role at the very yeah. beginning of the film. Um, but yeah, we saw him in Texas. We did. We saw his panel. Q&A thing. Yeah. yeah which was fun. Yeah. He seems yeah. like a really good guy. He does. And to kind of hit on that, do you know when his podcast started? I don't know when it started. I think it might have been a pandemic thing. Okay, because I did see in the trivia here. So again, this movie came out in 17. He talked about right here. It's actually here on his um, on the Wikipedia that he believed criminals were too often stereotyped as incompetent in news media. So prepare for the role. He consulted real life career criminals to get a better grasp on his character in the inner workings of organized crime. And then talks for the about the Punisher, did you say? No, this is for this movie, for this character. Oh, my bad. Sorry. And oh, so, but this is what he does in his podcast, right? He talks yes. to actual gang members, actual police, actual prisoners or whatever. Yeah. He talks to like a lot of veterans, um, army people, police. He will have, you know, a member of a gang and a policeman on at the same time to get them talking. He also talks to a lot of actors. He's had a lot of his Walking Dead cast members on. He also had like a really good episode with Shia LaBeouf. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting um, quite an interesting group of people that he has on. I thought it was just going to be actors at first, but it's not. Yeah, but I'm guessing that's what it came from, is he probably did this in his roles yeah, and then discovered yeah. this is really interesting. And then someone finally said, hey, you should do a podcast or like pandemic thing where it's like, man, I have all these stories. I've met all these people. This will be really interesting and, quote, important in that yeah. sense. So I found that fascinating reading this that I wonder if this was the first time he did it or if he'd been doing this all along. Yeah, I watched um, a, a very short clip of his today, 
from Joe Rogan podcast where he was a guest on Joe Rogan's podcast. And not that I would usually listen to Joe Rogan, but but he was just talking about his big break on The Walking Dead and how before that he was in a really bad place and like getting into trouble with gangs and getting into trouble, you know, with the police and everything. So I think he had a lot of that in his own background. Um, And then he was in a big fight, which caused somebody to nearly die. And that was like his light switch moment where he flipped and then like nine months later he got the walking dead and he just said like his life has changed drastically since but i think he's got a good story to tell for sure yeah it's weird seeing that i know danny trejo is another one that was i think literally in prison and yeah. like acting troop or an acting group came he was like hey that looks fun i want to do it and then got out and has become this actor um, like to do that, like to turn it in that, you know, something else to see that they turn to an art like acting these actual hardened, like gangbanging yeah. criminals. Yeah. Strange. All right. So the last one on this on this main cast, CJ Jones, who plays Joe. And this is like his foster oh, father. Yeah. 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 Poor Joe just sat up in his room pretty much all day whilst baby goes out and gets the money. I love that. He's just like pizza. He's like, oh, you want pizza? He's like, no, I want you to drive, not only get yeah. pizza to bring home, but actually be a driver. I was like, oh, yeah. that's that's like cute that he's like, look, you're bringing happiness to people yes, with your like, driving bring joy to people. It's like, that's so right. By delivering pizza, a fun note about C.J. Jones. If you look in his filmography, he is credited as a deaf consultant or ASL consultant in The Last of Us. No way. So yeah. he would have worked with that young boy. Yeah. On that set, oh. he's credited with it. I know. How about that? That's awesome. Because that, that little kid was so good. Yeah. And this is another thing to, to give Edgar Wright credit. So when they wrote this character, it was supposed to be someone in their 80s. And he said all they auditioned was non-deaf actors. And he said that he was uncomfortable with it. Of actually mm-hmm. having this, you know, deaf character being played by non-deaf. And so then this guy came up who'd been around for a while. Like, I guess he's really well known, uh, like theater and everything like that. And then he got it because he was supposed to be older. I'm like, I mean, he looks old enough, you know. Yeah, of course sense. he does. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I thought that was very good. And it is one of those things where I know you walk like a minefield in saying it's acting. Who can play what? You know, can can a non-Jewish person play a Jewish person or something mm-hmm. in that sense? And I'll let the decision makers do that. Yes, find the best person. But something like that, when it's intrinsic to it, like a deaf character. Yeah. There are deaf actors out there. There are enough out there that you can get somebody to do it. And so that's one thing there where I'm like, I I don't think you ever need that, you know? Yeah, I don't think there's any. Um, I always thought that when I used to watch Glee. In In Glee, there's a character who's in wheelchair. And then yeah. the only reason it came to my mind is, they do a lot of dream sequences and in his dreams he can walk and run. So I was like, okay, I kind of get why they've done that, why they've got a, an actor who is not in a wheelchair. Um, so I guess that that makes sense in that sense. But yeah, there's there's no reason why someone would have to act as a deaf person when there is so many really well-established deaf actors. It's funny you say that with like the wheelchair too, because if you were to say, yeah, it's someone in a wheelchair on a high school show or something that's like a fictional character, then I would say, yeah, oh, The Witcher's a good one. Uh, is it Cottering or Finn? I can't remember. I can't remember which one is which. I really, I really should know that, but you I can't. You should know, I, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it's Finn because Cotteringer is the face. I think it's Cotteringer's okay. detective agency, so I'm pretty sure it's Finn. And where it's like wheelchair and they got someone who actually had, you know, 
in there. But then I think of, let's say you're going to make a biopic about Franklin Roosevelt, the president of the United States during World War II, who was renowned for being in a wheelchair. I would then think there, I'd be like, maybe, I wouldn't think you'd need somebody in a wheelchair. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know if that's, I don't know. That just kind of came to me where I wouldn't be, I wouldn't think that's a problem because yeah. maybe, but am I only saying that because it would be like a leading role? I don't know. I think it's definitely not on the same level as like the deaf actors. That's just an example that came to my mind. I don't know why I've got glee on the brain, but. <laughs> Did you watch that whole show? Not all of it. No. Oh, okay. I hated that show so much. I kind of like hated it and loved it at the same time. I, I like say, show music. So. Yes, I should say I don't hate Glee per se in the same reason I don't necessarily hate the MCU. I hate the effect that it had okay. on yeah. other things. It was crazy. Yeah, it was the acapella. We got Pitch yes. Perfect out of it. I enjoyed that first mm -hmm. one. I don't think I ever saw Pitch Perfect, which is None weird because I do love theater and show music. I went to the theater last night, actually. Did you? I saw The Bodyguard. No way. Yeah, it was class. Oh, really, yeah. really good. I saw that movie way too young. I've actually not seen the movie. I've only seen the theater show. All right. On the count of three, we're going to belt out I Will Always Love You. You ready? Okay. <clears throat> Clear your throat. <clears throat> no. Deep breath. I didn't even count the three. From the belly. <laughs> I didn't even count. I was just going to go. And uh, no. We have, and that's pretty much all the main cast. I did notice in the credits and then noticed his face. Flea played No-No's. Eddie No-No's. Okay, yeah. Lee is in from the band Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, really? He's someone, he was in The Big Lebowski as one of the German nihilists. He's someone who, again, has been in one of the most popular bands for the past 30 some odd, 40 years or whatever. And then he just pops up randomly in these movies. It's fascinating, like, the process of that. It's just, he's not, no. he's not an acting actor is what I mean. And then he just, he gets that just random role. Yeah, how strange. It wasn't a very big role. He was like one of the other gang members because i think doc says he never uses the exact same team twice so yes. in one of the jobs we've got flea or sorry yeah flea is the the guy's name not the character's name right flea is his, the actor's name yeah that's his stage okay name, it sounds know. like it could be one of their you know their funny nicknames like buddy darling flea <laughs> buddy darling yeah yes him and uh the other guy is lanny june yeah, and he got killed. He got killed. He does get killed. Yeah. He left Sorry. his shotgun. Everybody likes hats. <laughs> so I can get a job. Did they ever explain, now that I think about it, I think I missed it. Did they explain why they brought back that old crew? Well, it wasn't the exact same crew. So Doc says, I'll never use the exact same crew oh, twice. So they'll switch a couple. So in they'll and switch out. people in and out. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. So that's the main thing of the cast there. I forgot to do. The budget in the box office. I may cut this and Ooh. put it back at the top. So this was budgeted at $34 million. Take a guess. What do you think this box office gross was? Worldwide gross. Budget at $34 million. Do, 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 do. 100 million. Grossed $226.9 million. Good for you, Edgar Wright. We this love to see you win. Yep, I guess this is how he got to direct Last Night in Soho. You yeah, your, exactly. You get your passion project, and then you, you get, get your the bag. studio. You get the studio <laughs> in there, which is also thing too because I saw the foot chase, like the baby foot chase. It oh went, yeah. It went on too long, and the studio told him you got to cut it. And what he did was give up some of his salary 
to make sure that it went through. And whenever that happens, I'm always, please, please tell me that while you gave up that upfront salary, you got something else out of it. Because yeah. at that point, the studio now double wins. You know, they don't give out points anymore. I don't think much anymore at all. Although I did see that maybe Margot Robbie got a percentage of the gross of like Barbie. So I heard that she yeah, made so, out like a bandit. Yeah. So apparently, Bar or sorry, Barbie, Margot had like a certain percentage. So she's got like 50 mil. Yeah. See, I, I was always told that they, they really did not give those out anymore. Or she was a producer as well. And I that, think. that must have been what it is. Maybe now yeah. you don't get it as an actor. You get it as a into the producing credit or whoever the hell mm -hmm. they do all that right there. So, yeah. So hopefully Edgar Wright got something on the back end of it. Otherwise, studio done did it. But this here is the type of movie that I just said that it doesn't seem like they make anymore. I said, I think last week, it doesn't seem like they make anymore. These 30, 40, 50 million dollar movies that aren't. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what you said. Yeah. Yeah. And that while they're not designed for a sequel, I also saw that he has completed a script and sent it to the studios and everything like a year or two ago. For what? For this, a sequel to this. Oh. I know. I don't want it though. Not really, because what was it going to be? Everyone died in the end, apart from well, it, Baby it, and Deborah. The only thing would, yeah, it would be their. Wherever they go after he gets out, assuming he gets a five-year parole. <laughs> I don't he, want him to, to be, go into I know, a life I know. of crime again. That I, was the I, whole I, point. I, he yeah, got out. I, the only reason I'd want to see it is if everything is flipped and some. It's just a different movie. It's something's different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Don't want it to be the same kind of heist. The same thing there. So I don't want. I don't know. Yeah, we don't need it. No, we don't. All right, so that's pretty much the cast and all that fun stuff. We can go through some of these scenes. Like I said, I didn't write down too many of them. Hopefully that's they'll come. Right. Hopefully they come back to me. The funniest thing, and while this movie was not nearly the type of humor that was in the Cornetto trilogy, I was absolutely, you know, slapping my knees mm -mm. at the Michael Myers mask bit. I know. Yeah. Did, did you understand? Do you know like the Michael Myers from Halloween? Well, I know what it is. Yeah, okay. there's the Halloween film where he for some reason, is just called Michael Myers in the film as well, right? Yeah, and it's way before Mike Myers, the actor, was anything. It's from like the 70s, I think. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. And see, that's the thing. Is It was just if, like, when someone says Michael Myers, it's going to be like that, and especially the mask. And so when he had the fucking Austin Powers mask, he's yeah. like, what are you doing Mike Myers mask? Oh, Michael Myers. Like, yeah, the killer from that. Oh, you mean Jason? No, the killer yeah. dude from Halloween, you fucking idiot. Oh, it was That's so just good. blown my mind, you know. Yes. I thought that I thought <laughs> I thought that the actor Michael Myers played Michael Myers in Halloween and they just gave him that name. Oh my god. <laughs> that is so stupid. I think that might have been even funnier, though, your oh way of thinking yeah. than what the actual joke was. <laughs> God. So I thought they just got confused. Wait, because... hold up. You thought that Michael Myers was the name of the the character and then Mike Myers, the actor? Just... So I just know Michael Myers is the guy who played Shrek. But right? no one calls him Michael Myers. Yeah, but I just thought it was, you know, your Sunday name, your nickname as an actor, whatever. I thought he played the bad guy in Halloween and they just gave him oh, his full Christian God. name. 
Is that not it? Uh, no. Michael, okay, Halloween is literally like Jamie Lee Curtis. It has to be from the 70s. I think they just kind of ended like what Yeah, it they is. just did a new one, right? Yeah, like Rob Zombie got involved in it and all that. 78. Okay, but how old is Michael Myers? The actor. It's Mike. Okay, Mike Myers. Mike <laughs> Shrek. You said, you said, okay, there you go, Mike Myers. I don't know, but Mike Myers was not acting in like the 70s. Like he, <laughs> okay. Well, I shouldn't say this. He really blew it. He's born in 63. And okay, so, he wasn't old enough to be playing a serial killer. Then. No, no, he was a Saturday Night Live blew him up, and right. he got big. Yeah, the early uh, Wayne's World. You've heard of Wayne's World? Yeah, I've okay. heard of Wayne's World. Okay, so Wayne's World was a big thing there, and Saturday Night Live, and then obviously Austin Powers, huge thing. I watched that a few years ago. It definitely, it still held up. So funny, very a lot of British, yeah, very stereotypical British uh, humor. That's your shag. At uh, that time. But anyway, them them wearing these Austin Powers masks and robbing God. Yeah, that's so funny. It was Even so more funny, funny now. But it was not nearly as funny as the last five minutes uh, here. <laughs> Have you explained oh, right, this? I thought you meant the last five minutes of the film. I was like, eh? <laughs> no, that wasn't too funny. No, that yeah. wasn't too funny. Oh, my God. That is so stupid. <laughs> yes, it was. As they're escaping this robbery here, there's a hero. A hero in a truck is coming after him. The guy had a like a pistol in his glove compartment. There's a little thing there. Which I'm okay with. This guy have an MP5. Yeah. So initially he just has like a pistol, yeah, which seems like, okay. like, you know, could be like a self-defense weapon. And then he just whips out this little, I thought it looked like a little mini Uzi or something, you know, a little SMG. This is my limited, you know, Call of Duty gun knowledge. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that was a bit strange. Yeah, I think it's an, it looked like an MP5, like a submachine gun. And I'm like, okay, okay, foreigners, yes, a pistol. And especially in the South, like we said, this is in Hotlanta, Georgia. The mm -hmm. guy looked like he might have been a veteran. He definitely had a hat and was driving a truck of somebody who would definitely be pro-Second Amendment. So him right. having this gun and wanting to shoot people is absolutely a quintessential American thing. Submachine guns like that are not legal. Fully automatic submachine guns are not legal for you to carry in your car. Yeah. I don't believe anywhere. I think those are still banned, like, federally. What I also thought was strange is that he just kind of turns into this vigilante and is chasing <laughs> these guys down and shooting at them. I was like, is that allowed? Like, you're not a police officer. No. Like, uh, and here's a state-by-state state thing. Okay. So, something like Texas, if you can, I don't even think you have to conceal, you can open carry now. And, yeah, if I'm at, like, a Starbucks and some someone comes in and holds the place up, yeah, I can just walk up and shoot that dude in the head, and I'm a hero. Now, right. the law, I will say I'm not a lawyer. I have to ask something in that sense. I do believe, though, you cannot go after somebody. Like, if they're right. there and you're shooting at them, you're within your right. Now, if they Defending escape, almost, yeah. if they escape and you chase after them, then no, I do you can't not. go on the offense. I don't believe you can. But like I said, Florida and Texas laws are nuts. So yeah. I cannot speak for that. Such a gray area as well, isn't it? Like, how would you say, oh, well, I was, um, you know, defending myself. And it's like, where are you really? <laughs> no, and that's the thing that comes with like houses too, like personal property. Is right. someone's on your lawn, on your property, that's pretty straightforward in the sense, but you have to prove, you know, whatever. But then like, yeah, if they run from your property and you shoot them in the back a hundred feet off. Yeah. That's when it's it becomes. not really defense uh, anymore. Yeah, but again, then it's up to the jury. And everything like that. But this dude is the Terminator. He yeah. doesn't let go. He drives them, hits them under a semi. Yeah. He's about, Jamie Foxx or Bats is about to blow away the shotgun, baby twists, you know, doesn't do it. 
And then the guy chases him so much, ends up flipping his truck like a dozen times. It's insane. I just think, why would you do that as a civilian? <laughs> He's a hero. He's a hero. He's trying to be. He's a hero, man. That's what they do. And then he ends up in the hospital, not dead. And I was like, okay, yeah, that, <laughs> that's a very good commercial for that truck. I think it might've been a Dodge or something. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if they can do it on there. Uh, a noticeable thing for me is when baby and not Lily, cause that's her real name, Debbie, Deborah, De- Deborah are having their nice dinner and he sees Kevin Spacey, I'm just going to call him by Doc. God, yeah, I was coming to me afterwards. When he sees him, it's like, oh, when he picks up, when Doc picks up the check. Yeah. Doc is talking to two people, two very notable people that I kind of did a head shake at. The first one is Killer Mike from Run the Jewels. Okay. I don't know that person. Is rap, like a rap group. Okay. And the other is Big Boy from the rap group Outcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. With like Andre 3000, him and Andre yeah. 3000 yeah, are yeah. Outcast. It's those two there. I just was like, whoa. And the film was shot in Atlanta. And yeah. I'm assuming Killer Mike is Atlanta. I don't know that. But Big Boy is obviously way into like the Atlanta Dirty South scene. Oh, do you know what I thought you was going to say there? Because I don't remember those two characters. and I didn't know what you were going to say. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Brad Pitt. Because for some reason, on the if you Google, you know, cast of Baby Driver and it brings up all the people's like face cards if you scroll all the way to the bottom, it's got Brad Pitt and Meryl Streep. And I was like, excuse me? Really? Yeah, I was like, what? So I thought maybe that was what that was going to be, but I'm oh. maybe there, maybe Google is wrong. Yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah, Killer Mike is from Atlanta as well. So that makes sense. But it's just, dude, are, are they tight with Edgar Wright? Were they just yeah, there? So strange. Were those two just hanging out? Hey, a movie's filming? And Edgar Wright's like, I'm gonna, I don't know how British he sounds. He's like, I love Run the Jew. You know, I don't know what it is, but it's just like, does he love them or something? He's like, hey, just come stand here and um, be in the movie. I kind of love that scene. I thought that was when I felt really scared of Kevin Spacey's character for like, for real. What's weird is I never felt too afraid of his character because maybe because I knew the ending. I don't know. But the difference in like villain of Doc and Bats to me is mm. very is very fun to see where doc while he may be ruthless he's not crazy he's got his head screwed on doc isn't going to shoot you in the middle of a crowded restaurant doc isn't even right. going to shoot you maybe in the back where he knows he's been seen blah 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 where people know him someone like bats will blow you away at the drop of a hat and it's yeah, almost and the just difference deal with it. well it's the difference in a psychopath and a sociopath where a sociopath, a big change, or a big change from like a psychopath, a sociopath, I believe, does not plan. Okay. Like, there's just no plan. Like they'll do something, they'll be em- less empathetic or anything like that, but there's less planning. I believe a psychopath, no, I'm sorry, I have that reversed. Damn it, always okay. get this. I believe <laughs> a psychopath, yes, yes, a psychopath does not plan. A sociopath does plan because they'll be more conniving. And Quite so they'll calculated. be able to fool you. And a psychopath will just blow your head off at the drop of a hat. And then deal with the consequences. And then and then deal with it in due time where a sociopath will understand, okay, I can't really do this now. I need to have a getaway plan. I need to have an okay. option B. A psychopath is just very impulsive. That it is out of, out of control. Oh, breaks me out. Yeah, it does. It ego, super ego. Um, A couple funny lines. Bats did have maybe the funniest line. I got two of my funniest lines here. Bats may have okay. had the biggest one. 
The one here is when he puts on John Hamm's character as from Wall Street. Oh, and he yeah. goes, he goes, if you're a Wall Street, then you're a bigger fucking crook than I could ever be. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. I like that bit too. I like it. I like whenever um John I can't remember their characters now either. Buddy and Baby are talking about music and they're talking about Brighton Rock being his big song. Yeah. For some reason, Bats is just so annoyed at them sitting talking about music. He just can't allow them to just sit and enjoy themselves. And he's like, you don't need a score for a score. And I was like, oh, that's a good line. That's a good line because this whole movie is just (laughs) score. Yeah. And that was just from the get go. He's just an asshole. He's just the type of person that I don't know anybody this bad. But there are some people out there that they are happy in their unhappiness and they don't like other people being happy. And so he sees them and it's kind of like a bonding thing. And it's almost, I'm not bonding with them. I can't, I don't want to, I'm going to ruin their day. Exactly. And then he he starts talking like a badass saying, Oh, I've done all this, dot, 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 you know? And I think it's just that way of one also just disarming or unnerving everyone around you. Yeah. It's like, to me, those kind of people are just like a black hole, like, whatever they are experiencing themselves, they have to suck everyone in with them. So if they're like in a great mood, having a great time, everyone else will be having a great time. But then, like you say, he's just sat in his own unhappiness for a second and sees them having a nice little conversation. He can't just go about his business. He has to suck them in. I don't think he can have a great time, though. No, probably not. But even, you know, when he's, you know, there's a moment at the end where he starts getting into the music and stuff and he blows something up and he goes Pew, and it like links up with the music. I think he was enjoying himself in that moment. That grenade. Yeah. When he blew up the grenade yeah. with the corrupt cops. Uh, another great line that I didn't actually write down on this, but I just remembered was when he's talking to again, buddy, when he says you rob to support your drug habit to do drugs, oh, yeah. to do drugs. And he says, I do drugs to support my robbing habit. Yeah. And buddy's just like, ha, very funny. He's like, ha, real clever. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that was good. And then he just totally takes the piss out of Darling when she's like, You don't want to see my buddy see red. And he's like, he just starts clapping like great performance. Great. He, he says, like Oscar worthy performance. The line was improvised. Was it? Oh it wow. It was improvised. Because <laughs> it's also noted Edgar Edgar Wright does not do a lot of improvisation, but he relaxed that policy for Jamie Foxx. Oh well, of course yeah. he would. And I did like it because, yeah, she's trying to be all tough in that moment with them. And this dude just like, look who you're talking to. Like, yeah. <laughs> and just just loud clap Oscar worthy performance there. It's just like he would know he's Jamie Foxx. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Kevin Spacey's doc had the other funny line when baby returns uh, at the end when all shit hits the fan. It's just like, no, I'm family. We need to stick together, blah, blah, blah. And he cocks that shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Don't feed me any more lines from Monsters, Inc. It pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, it's that one of went Sam's over favorites. my head. That went did? over okay. my head completely. Because earlier in the film, yep. when Baby's flicking channels, you do see Monsters, Inc. at one point, And it must have said that line at that moment. But I didn't pick up on that. That he then repeated that to, to every, Doc when he was trying to get something. Every line of dialogue that he flips through, he says later. Oh, really? It's so like, that's where he's getting his words. Because he doesn't seem to be able to come to communicate with anybody else apart from Deborah and Joe that well. So that's quite funny yeah. that he then uses lines from movies and music to make conversation. Yeah. <laughs> they uh I believe the they grow up so freaking fast when he's talking yeah. about Sam and the Bank. I think that was another one there too. Cause it when he said that it hit me again. I was like, that seems kind of weird. 
that he yes, would say out that. of nowhere yeah and then the line when he's saying oh no you and me are together we're blah 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 it's just that's kind of odd and then doc says that line it pisses me off monsters Inc. but then he says it's one of sam's favorites so that means he's heard that that movie over and over that that kids play all the time uh the, <laughs> sam the nephew being the actual like brains and recon to i me, know it's, it's hilarious edgar wright got that from an actual bank robber who used the nephew wow yeah it was just super observant i know it was funny when he just you know tugs on baby's arm and it's like four cops three windows da, da, da. yeah it's so clever <laughs> and he tells him at the end and it's okay doc knows that he knows that the nephew does that and he says chip off the old block yes so it's almost <laughs> he's like take the nephew it's less suspicious like no you're taking the nephew because he's the one who's actually he's gonna actually do the recon yeah <laughs> what if oh what if that no because they actually doc is a villain like he dragged baby he baby owed him okay we're good and he's like you didn't think you could get out right and basically mm. says i'm gonna kill you and your family if you don't yeah, come he into threatens it. him pretty openly but then at the end he he sees that baby's with uh deborah and he has a change of heart he's like okay he take the tape backs and then saves him yeah and i was worried because i couldn't remember how this whole ending sequence went down but there's a moment where he gives him the bag, gives him the tape, and he's like, take this. Don't trust anybody except each other. And then I was like, oh, no, he's going to Uno reverse them again. Yeah, yeah, so, I yeah, told you not to yeah. trust me. But he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He goes he goes out defending them. Yeah, he holds them off. He says, I'll hold. He kills the three cro crooked cops and says, I'll hold off the cops. And they go, yeah, it's John Hamm doing his <laughs> Terminator 2 thing oh my where God. He, he just can't fucking die we'll get to the the ending here in a set or that you know with his ending <laughs> just there keeps going <laughs> yeah but I, di I didn't know what to think because it's everybody loves a good redemption when you know when the villain turns and helps him out but i don't know about this because baby's in this solely because of kevin spacey yes and it's almost you kind of can't redeem that it was a quick redemption i don't know if i, I don't know i don't know what to think about it yeah, it seemed a bit out of nowhere. It was as soon as he saw Deborah, he was like, Deborah. "I was, I was in love once." Yeah, Go, be free. It's like, oh, okay, was that yeah. all it took? I could have introduced you to her, you know, yeah. a few he, weeks ago. He literally <laughs> told him to fuck off, and then sees, oh, Doc's got that heart of gold for women's. And also, he saw he saw her in the restaurant. Like, why didn't he have this change of heart when he saw them out for dinner? Yeah, he bought her. Yeah, he bought them dinner. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's a that's a weird. That's kind of a weird. Maybe he knew his time was up. Like Maybe. everything, the shit had hit the fan. He was like, you guys go. I've had was, my time. It was all gone. Okay, mm -hmm. let's get to, if there was the weakest part of this movie for me, is this ending, like Buddy and everything. It just oh, kept yeah. going. It kept going to a point where it was almost comical, where how yeah. is he getting away from the police? Oh, another funny thing. It's hysterical. And of course, it's written and made by a British person. See, see, the police have so much restraint in this movie right. <laughs> where they have already killed multiple people. They are in the streets shooting automatic weapons and the police are still rolling up with only their pistols. Somehow yeah. the SWAT team never gets involved. So going freeze, drop the weapon. I'm like, are you kidding me? You can find you wouldn't be getting this many chances. I know there's different police departments, but it I would say almost all major cities, you'll probably be able to find a, a place where police have unloaded 30 to 40 rounds on someone who didn't have a gun at all, <laughs> so yeah. much, yeah. much less automatic. So that was funny to me. This 
ingrained like British restraint of police and be like, nah. Yeah, it just doesn't happen here. Obviously, we don't have guns. I think some police here do carry guns, but they, I mean, I never see, never see it here. At 10 Downing Street, they had it, but I don't know if that's police or if that's actual like military. Oh, like on the doors? Yeah, like at 10 Downing Street, it was like blocked off. Apparently, you used to be able to just walk down there. Yeah, that's never been in my lifetime, I don't think. Oh, really? It's always been blocked off, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but around that area, there were like automatic weapons, like submachine guns yeah, and assault yeah. rifles. But I assume they were police because they weren't in like a military uniform. Yeah, they probably were part of the Metropolitan Police, yeah. Yeah, but otherwise I just saw those bobbies walking around. Just yeah, with big their big hats. <laughs> with their vests on, I'm just like, I can't take you serious. I almost wanted to just like <laughs> knock their hat off and then run just for the fun of it and be like, y'all can't catch me. What are you going to so do? There's so many great videos of like British police just getting involved in so much silly stuff. You know, it's very hot fuzz. You know, your job today is to <laughs> chasing you know, retrieve the swan. Yeah, yeah the swan. <laughs> okay, so with this, um, what did you think about this ending? I thought it dragged on way too long. It was, yeah. again, it was borderline just comical. And it just, I, I just kept going and going. It just didn't need to go that long. That was the thing. It kept going and going. And like all of a sudden, John Hamm became the big bad and he wasn't he, he's he been like baby's mate not, the whole yes, time yeah yes. and bats we got rid of bats pretty quickly thought it would have been cool if john berthnell came back at some point obviously now you've made that point if you don't see me again i'm dead he's probably dead somewhere he did. um but yeah so it, it was more just i mean darling did warn us that when he sees red we don't want to we don't want to see john ham when he sees red and, and he as soon saw as she his, dies yep, yeah Saw the love of his life die right in front of him. She got killed by the cops and he, you know, decides to blame it all on Baby. I mean, Baby didn't drive away. Long. He didn't drive away. He bailed on it when he killed Jamie Foxx, Bats. Yeah. And so it kind of it kind of was Baby's fault in that in the that chain of respect. events. Yeah. 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 Yeah, sure. But yeah, he then becomes this super bad guy and then is relentless. And it does go on a little bit too long. And even then, when the car falls off the edge, you're like, it's over. It's like, baby, it's still not over. <laughs> yes. It just keeps going and going. God, it did. And the shootout. So when it was in the diner, I could see him getting away from that diner when that happened, where the shots are in there. You know, the cop on the outside just saw or was cognizant of baby shooting. Yeah, John Ham. So I can see that, and then John Ham kills the cop who comes out there. I can see him getting away from there. But at first, when Deborah, not Deborah, the other woman, how can I darling. not remember these, darling? How can I not remember these damn names? When she dies, he's out in the open. I know, oh, yeah, he, yeah, and I know, baby gets away. But this is a dude who's shooting at the police. Now you can go see. There's this doesn't happen too often. There was a time in the '90s. I think they might have made a big movie or documentary about this about this robbery in Los Angeles, of these people with automatic weapons and all this body armor, and they get descended on so fast, you would not be able to get away. You would not be able to get away. I know it's a movie. I know it's a movie. Yeah. But when he yeah. got away from that, I'm like, damn, there is no way yeah. that he would get how out of that. How did he get away out. from no. that? Yeah. How, how has he got from there to the diner? Yeah. That's what we need to know. There's there's a big gap there where we don't know how he how he got there. Did he kill all of those cops? Like is it is he really in beast mode right now? You know what? This is the first GTA movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's the main character in a GTA Grand Theft Auto movie. Yep, Darlin's been killed and he's just going ham. 
He just going ham. Going oh. ham. Going John what, Ham. Remember what, okay. <laughs> there you go. Didn't you? All right. Well, there you go. Didn't even put that together. <laughs> Boo. No, that, Boo. that's actually really good. It's Bye, really everyone. Good. Yeah. Did you realize that right as you said it? As soon as I said it, so, I was like, yeah, oh. you're like, hey, he's going ham. John Ham. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So as far as all the main scenes, that's kind of about we have to kind of covered everything in there. Yeah. You got I anything? loved all of the all of the heists they do are very, very clever. I love that we stay outside with baby. I like that we just see everything from his point of view. I think that's really clever. That's during liked- the daytime. Yeah. It's like no yeah. nighttime. So you get to see everything. We do. Yeah. And I thought it was really clever. The few people that he kind of inadvertently rescues or saves throughout the film or is just genuinely kind to amongst it all, then come back at the end to give like character references for him. I thought that was pretty clever. Um, Yeah, that was all. I had really the heist. The heist scenes were my favorite. I loved the scene where they go for a date. I love how that was shot, where it was just them two and very dark and it just circled them. And then you see Kevin Spacey in the distance. That's when I thought he's like a proper villain at this point. Like, oh, just when you think I'm out, they pull me back in. Yeah. <laughs> back into the world of crime. One thing to note on here, this was the first R-rated movie to be given permission to show footage from a Disney film. From Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Pete Doctor, the director of Monsters, Inc., is given a special thanks credit as a result. Oh, that's very good of them. I did stick out when I saw it. I remember saying, I was like, that's actually Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. I was like, this "This has to be rated R. (laughs) And it was surprisingly violent at parts, too. So what songs are about Brett? Uh, None. Oh, I couldn't find any. I thought you might know one. No, I think I would. The only real big thing of Brett in movies or music or anything like that, at least off the top of my head, is Pulp Fiction. Mm. When he kills Brett, when Samuel Jackson kills Brett and he says, check out the big brain on Brad. Oh, doesn't say Brett. I think that was on purpose because it's like belittling him. Like, hey, Brett. Oh, that would be good. That might have been bad, though. If one of the most famous movies at that time. Hey, check out the big brain on Brett. How many times yeah. do you think I would have heard that growing up? Forever, forever. Forever. So maybe I'm actually glad that he did say Brad. The only song I've had sang at me my whole life is Lucy and the Sky with Diamonds. Used to be your chat intro. It did, yes, until you changed me to Lincoln Park. <laughs> to, tr- to the end of Transformers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get everybody hyped. Mm-hmm. Lucy is in so many movies, games. It yeah. seems like almost every one, like that name comes up. Yeah. It's weird because I, I don't know many Lucys in real life, but I do know it's like quite a common name. But for me, my whole life, I've never, I haven't met that many Lucys in real life, human, but black Labradors, they're all called Lucy. What? Literally every family that I meet and they're like, oh, we've got a dog called Lucy. I'm like, oh, is it black a black Lab- Labrador? Yeah. What yeah, is it that? is a black Labrador. What's that about? So, I don't know. Weird, isn't it? It's a dog name. Weird. Huh. I think the, the song is about drugs. I think it's about LSD. Yellow Submarine is. Oh. But that would make sense. Yeah. In the sky. No diamonds. Well, LSD. Lucy Sky Diamonds. Oh, dang. Go. Hey, we put that bong away at the sausage party. About to pull that back out now. Yeah, we're going to do some LSD with a bong rip of LSD. Yeah. <laughs> All 
All right, so now we're to uh, the final thoughts in our tier rating, where we put this in the tier rating, and S tier is the highest. Then we go A, B, C, and D. I will lead off, and this is a solid A tier for me. It's not S tier. doesn't go up in the fact that I don't know if I would rewatch this a lot, mainly because yeah. Bats infuriates me. I couldn't just keep watching him. It's so tense, too. So horrible. Yeah, it's yeah. just so tense. So this isn't rewatchable in that sense, but it was a great movie. It's such a vast improvement from what I remember. Like if you'd have asked me before, I'd have been, it was okay. It would have been a B. I'd be like, it was B. It was okay. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't like it. it. I yeah. couldn't believe how hooked I was. And honestly, I think it's because Edgar Wright's direction. It's him it and Shane Black are the two non like super old directors. Like Spielberg, Scorsese, been around for like 50, 60 years. But as far as people that are like under 50, Shane Black might be over 50. I don't know. But Shane Black and Edgar Wright are two that I will watch every single thing they do. I love their direction. I'll be totally apologetic for them. And this is A tier all the way. Loved it. What a treat to watch. In under two hours. Yes. That was the perfect little treat for today. It always Um, is. I was toying between A and S because I do really love this. But I think I would stick with A also. I don't know why I wouldn't put it in S. I don't feel drawn to put it into S. And I think if something's going to go in S, I've got to really feel it like in my soul. S is for a soul movie. I think with S is it's a stop down movie for sure. It's one if it's on, you're just like, oh, I got to watch it. Or you rewatch it all the time or it's something you can be a nostalgic thing where it was so intrinsic, like to your childhood or something like that. I'm going to be very sparing with S as we do this. It will have to be. Like yeah. classic ones, you know, ones that I'll kind of rewatch or do a lot. But mm-hmm. A, and like I said, to me, honestly, the, the ending did kind of, it just dragged a little bit at that, at the end. Yeah. Like Hot Fuzz would be S for me. That's my S tier. Get my microphone. If, yeah. Hot Fuzz is my S tier. That's my, my, like my waypoint for S. Like I love that film. I love everything about it. I would watch it four times tomorrow if, if I needed to. Um, But yeah. I love Edgar Wright. I love, he's so clever and I could watch this film and I, I would be that annoying person to be like, just that bit is, you know, that bit means this and like this bit ties together like when someone's trying to watch it for the first time. And I love that about a film. I love when it rewards people who pay attention and notice things. So yeah, you it's can't definitely look away, a for though. Me. Like how could you check your phone and look away I during these I want to do movies. that. I just want to listen to the nice music and sing along with Lily James. Yes. So Edgar Wright does have a couple things in the works that I forgot to mention when we talked about them the first time. One is a remake of The Running Man. What's that? Running Man is an 80s Schwarzenegger movie. It's oh. about the far off dystopian year of 2019. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> it came out in 87 or 88. And it said it, I saw a thing where it said that's like the only movie he would want to remake. And it's in the works oh, cool. right now. I know. Oh, very good. That would we'll be awesome. That. That's a movie yeah, I have I'm... not seen since a kid. I've never seen that. No. Yeah. I am uh, really excited to go away and watch more of his films now, though. I want to watch Scott Pilgrim versus the world and Last Night in Soho. Scott Pilgrim. Yes. Watch Scott Pilgrim. It, it's a lot of fun. It's about him battling his. Uh, wannabe girlfriends ex-boyfriends okay. oh it has a very young um captain america chris evans oh no way chris evans yeah oh with a ton of people in that movie it's very good it's a very good watch again it's okay to me it's the edgar rightiest that he ever got yeah yeah well i've canceled all of my subscriptions i've had a cull 
I've yep. cancelled Amazon Prime. I've cancelled Netflix. I've cancelled everything. So I've got like a few days before everything goes off. So, you just, so I need to like go and watch everything. You're gonna be a hermit the next couple days <laughs> before yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Put up the flag and sail. Oh, I get you. There you go. Okay, I understand. I'm All right, that's gonna now. do it. We're gonna get out of here. Make sure uh, email us any questions, comments, anything like that. Check out the Patreon. We did go over. What the hell did we do? Did we do Shaun of the Dead? Yeah, we did Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, we did a while ago. Yeah. So we did that one. Uh, more Edgar Wright, uh, if you like him in there. A bunch of other stuff in there. Make sure to check that out. Check out the Discord as well. It's the best way to contact us. Direct messages and comments on a lot of the other social medias. And just go into the Discord, put it in there, and let's have a good discussion. A lot of different things in there, not just about the podcast, but about anything and everything. And then all the socials in there as well. Lucy, where can we find you? You'll find me at Lucy J Robin on most social media platforms. I'm currently doing my first playthrough of Mass Effect, which has been a lot of fun. And yeah, lots of cyberpunk and stuff coming up on there as well. All right. You can find me the best. I have my Twitch down there, but I'm not really doing it too much anymore. Find mm. me the best on Discord. All right. Next week with the release of The Equalizer 3 starring Denzel Washington, we're going to go back 10 years to 2013. Whoa. And I think it's going to be a first watch for both of us with two guns. It is. I don't even know what it's about. I know it's Mark Wahlberg and Denzel with guns. And they're, sh- and they're shooting at people. I don't know if they're cops. They're probably cops, right? If it's Mark Wahlberg. I mean, probably. I mean, I have no idea. I don't either. But let's, I'm excited. Yep, we're going to see that. So until next week with two guns, see ya. See ya.